going on, people? It's your boy King Hoff, aka Empire Esco. Let's fucking go, man. You know, I've been told by quite a few people I should bring over my intro from the Livecast podcast. That is my Lifers Brethren, because uh, the intro is quite uh, unique and people love it. But I want to save that for that platform. You guys get, you know, a more calm and secluded Hoff over here. Um, but yo, we back with another episode of the Between the Rhymes show. Thank you guys so much for being here with me another day another episode and i'm joined by another phenomenal individual now listen people there's i've been i've had the pleasure of interviewing some people who i never thought in my wildest dreams i'll be able to actually sit down and speak with um i i looked at them as you know unattainable figures they're they're just they they do so much uh with so little and have managed to create so much so I'm fortunate again to be sitting with another one of those individuals because not only does he curate what Connecticut culture is through his platform, but he also does it selflessly. And he, like Blake, has mastered the art of humbleness. We'll get into that a little later. Now, let me introduce my guest, man. Let me get introduce my guest. I've been talking a little too much, right? All right, so listen, we're here with the host of the Connecticut Breakthrough Show. Stepping onto the scene in 2017 on 107.7 FM, The Edge, my next guest is one of New England's top curators of media. A graduate of Central Connecticut University, he's also accredited journalist with a new piece on, on Sheets Are Pink, or I, I may butcher the name, but Sheets Are Pink, go check that out, and Cut Break Magazine. He also has interviewed and worked with a plethora of talented individuals from across New England, including Chris Webby, Trey Tuck, Kaylee Roselle, Hemi Entertainment, shout out to my guy Black Pablo and Flex Diz, Honey, Frankie with the Lisp, Super Sunny, Big Bread J Rock, Free My Guy, Ghetto Guitar, Chill Shump, Bugatti 203, the list just goes on and on and on and on and on, people, just to name a few. We're sitting here with the young visionary, ladies and gentlemen, Clark Peterson. Ladies and gentlemen, please on the floor. What up, bro? Yo, thank you so much for that introduction. You know, it's crazy to hear it. Like I've been living it for the past three years. So going back and like really realizing what has gone on in these past three years is nuts. So thank you for that intro, bro. Of course, of course, man. I'm glad I was able to put it together for you. I wanted to go down the whole list of every single person you've interviewed. But in order to do that, I would have had to put to say, I, we would have to add an extra like 10 to 15 minutes to the show just because it doesn't just stop at artists. You know, you interview journalists, you interview, you interview other curators, like you are somebody who is, you, you're, you're a man after my heart. You're literally in the shoes that I want to be in as far as somebody who's pushing forward the culture, somebody who's doing it in a way that it can benefit people and also be successful at doing it. You know what I mean? I said a little while ago, and I, I, I promise people you're not going to hear too much from me after this, but I said a little while ago, you know, you do a lot with a little. Connecticut doesn't have many resources. We don't have access to a lot as far as, you know, the media market goes. So for you to be able to have touched the amount of people that you have touched, it's very impressive, brother. So again, 
kudos to you. I want to give you your roses while you're still here, you know, just so you can smell them because you 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 need to hear these words, man. Like people need to appreciate you and what you do, you know, for not just Connecticut. And I and I and I'm I'm a harp on it throughout this season, next season, and throughout the whole series, not just Connecticut, but New England as a whole, because Connecticut's just too small to see to be like the focal point, you know. We gotta get the entire New England areas together. That's New London, New England. Connecticut, Boston, the entire New England region has to come together. So you're one of the top visionaries in the region. And brother, just thank you for doing what you do. Seriously. Hey, man, you know, it's, it, it's a pleasure. You know, I started out actually um, as an artist myself, and I, I released two projects. And after my first project, there was one artist that showed love, and that was Mike Green out of New Haven. And so I was like, yo, somebody out of town, like, fucked with my music. That's dope. But I realized no one else did. And I, other than, obviously, my friends that, you know, everybody has the friends that are going to retweet their shit. But, like, I was like, okay, there's no, there's no, there's a big scene. There's 93.7. Don't get me wrong. But I noticed that a lot of artists weren't getting on 93.7 and they didn't know where to go. So I was like, all right, let me pause my music. And let's move over to, I wouldn't say the behind the scenes because I'm still in front of the camera, but you know, the other side of it. And you know, it's just been a blessing because I, I tell myself every interview, I learn more do's and don'ts of the industries and people just come on they're like, hey, this is what I learned to do. And this is what I learned not to do. And then it just helps me more and more, but it hopefully helps the listeners as well. Word, that's dope, man. So, you know, you mentioned uh 93.7, and, and I have my own personal um feelings about them. None, none like negative or anything like that, but probably similar to you, where you I, I feel that there is a lot more that they could be doing for Connecticut or New England as a whole, as far as the music scene goes, but it's just not happening. But that's not my story to tell. I want to ask you, you know, what really like what really inspired you to go down this journey you know what 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 set what what set it off you what was the spark that was like you know what i really want to i really want to push the culture in connecticut you know i want i i like what talk about why pushing the new england culture is so important to you i guess that's the question i want to ask that's a really good question you know huh. I, I grew up in the New London County, so I, I'm from Ledger, but uh, New London is the big, the big city right next to me. And in high school, I used to see uh, Young Vice City, uh, Sheister Pink, and their, their crew's like killing it. And I was like, yo, this is actually fire. And then I saw uh, even earlier, Frank Grams was one of the first artists other than Chris Webby that I saw release a song out of Connecticut. And that right there inspired me. But, you know, I was only like, I don't even know, 2013, I was that's seven years ago. Holy shit. So, hmm. you know, I was like, all right, that's really dope. But then I noticed that over in the other side of the A60 and the 203, they didn't know anything about New London. And then I, we also had the A60 versus 203 thing that was going on. So I hmm. said, wow, I have no personal ties to anybody in the industry because Gail's Ferry doesn't have anybody else here. So I was like, I don't have that high school animosity towards the other crews in my city. Why don't I be that liaison, that, that, that gap, that bridge or bridging the gap, you know what I mean? And that's what I really tried to do. I, 
I'm trying to think of the uh, the original spark. I think it would be the fact that I was a musician and I was realized no one was showing me love. And I, I, I just, I had a whole plan, bro. I had seven mixtapes lined up, seven albums lined up. My first uh, mixtape was seven songs long, released on 7717. I had my my seventh album was going to be released on my 28th birthday called 27 Ways to Beat the 27 Club because it would be the first day that I would beat the 27 Club. And so like I had everything planned out, the rollout, everything. But then I said, you know, what's the point of doing this if there's no platform to push it? So I literally tabled that, went on a hiatus. And the more and more artists that I started connecting with, I started realizing, holy shit, we got some dope people. When I first heard Smile A Little Cry Baby and Say Curl, Say Curl's first mixtape that I found on SoundCloud, bro, I literally thought I was listening to Travis Scott. And I was like, yo, he's, why is he not blowing up already? And, you know, it just... I was like, okay, this is it. And so that's when I was like, I got to do something. All I did was create a Twitter account and lied to people and said I had a, a podcast. I did not have a podcast, bro. I had no equipment, but I was like, yeah, I have a bi-weekly podcast. Come on. Like it was, it was all about faking till you make it right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yo, that's so I want to actually touch on the, the music a little bit. Cause first of all, I know there's a meaning behind the sevens, you know, you, you're a believer in numerology, I would assume. Yes, sir. Okay. Good to know. Um, that's the kind of, I would love to have you on uh, my other platform. I think I actually do have you scheduled for the Livecast podcast coming Lifecast, up. Right? Yes, yes, sir. sir. Coming yeah. up. So we're going to get into that. We don't, we don't, let, don't let them know yet. Don't let them know yet. We're going we're gonna to say the date. Perfect. Um, but we're going to, we're going to get into um, numerology on that platform. We like to take deep dives and have more expansive conversations over there. So we, definitely gonna get into that over there for sure for sure um but i want to talk about the music though so you had seven mixtapes lined up yeah and the reason you decided you know what i want to get into the 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 um journalism space the 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 curated space is because there are not many platforms that are actually pushing the artists out here that are dope so are you planning on actually releasing any of the seven mixtapes that you had planned on releasing? And do you think you're going to get back into the music anytime soon? I love that question because, you know, I have been thinking about it this entire time. You know, I've wanted to collab with a bunch of the artists that I've been working with, but I'm actually getting out of the rap space and I, I'm creating a band actually. So it's called Cosmic Nostalgia, which equals the universal feeling of nostalgia throughout the cosmos. It's that feeling that we get when we see the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or our parents get when they see a payphone. You know, it's, it's that universal feeling. So Cosmic Nostalgia actually was a play on my second project, which was gonna be a seven volume project, which is the Nostalgia series, which I play a character named Clark Peterson in the Cosmic Nostalgia universe. So funny enough, I had the whole project lined up where I, it was like a story throughout the entire thing. And I had, hadn't thought about releasing anything. I've been on the hiatus. Then I started talking to my, these guys who are now my band members. And I'm like, perfect. Nostalgia Volume 2 is going to be the band's first project. It's going to be Nostalgia Volume 2 colon Cosmic Nostalgia. Hey, I can't wait for that. Yo, as soon as, as soon, we're going to exchange info after this. Just understand that as soon as it drops, I want parts i need to hear it i'm definitely gonna uh have you back on the show of course and we're gonna take a deeper dive into it and it's gonna be fun because that interview you're gonna be interviewed as an artist not as a curator 
So yeah. we're going to take a deep dive into the sounds. We're going to take a deep dive into the vision and the entire creative, creative process. This is the first. This is the first for me. All right, I'm going to actually, in my head, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm working on it in my head right now. Wow. Wow. Man, you're, yo, fucking Clark Peterson, man. Listen, y'all, listen, people. Listen, people. We're talking about one of the visionaries in the state who I don't know why, but for some reason is being overlooked. Like, my man is, yeah. I'm, I'm cosmic. One more time. Cosmic. Cosmic. Cosmic nostalgia. Okay. Cosmic nostalgia. I'm gonna commit that to memory. Cosmic nostalgia. So let's get into the series. I've been scouring your YouTube and I saw in 2019 you did a series called Ridge Fest. Um, how did that come about and how was it interviewing those artists and you know getting to make those connections? Oh, that's a great question. So Ridgefest is done by Craig EF and Ramp out in New London. And they, they've been doing it for a couple of years prior to that. And, you know, they were like New London kids that, especially older kids were like the popular kids to us, ledger, ledger people. So I was like always looking up to them, like the people that they are hanging out with. So then I, I've interviewed Craigie. Craigie was, I think if I'm looking back, I've interviewed him a couple of times. He was He's my first picture, if you see right here. I, oh, it's not showing, but he was my first post that I put on our CT Breakthrough Instagram. Um, he was episode three, and then he also came on later in another season. But Craigie and Ramp were like, yo, bro, would you like to be a part of Ridgefest? And I was like, oh, cool, yeah. So they did it at the Hive uh, Skate Park, which is an indoor skate park. And they set it up so the stage was in the actual park section. And then we had like a backstage VIP section where I did the interviews, which was the skate shop. So mm. the scenery was just literally planted there for me. And I was like, yo, you're letting me do it in front of these, uh, all these skateboards. And the owner was like, yeah, of course, man, have a great time. So literally what I did was like, I was like, Ramp, are you cool with me interviewing like all these artists? And he's like, yeah. So we, we literally set it up for every single time an artist got off stage. If we got it, you know, the right time, then we pulled them into the room, had them talk about the, their experience at Ridge Fest. And, you know, it was, it was weird for me because I, like, like you, I like doing my investigative journalism. And, you know, it's hard to do a five-minute interview when you would do hours of research. So I had to, to know my audience and know what I had to do. And so... It was a long night. I had my, my good friend, Gary, he runs the Scattered Thoughts uh, podcast, or yeah, I think that's his podcast. Yep. Uh, yeah. Brand with three dots is his clothing brand. And then Scattered Thoughts is his um, podcast. Yep. So Gary helped me out. He's like the extroverted version of myself. So I'm very, I'll, I love talking when it's with people that want to listen but I, I would rather shy away from being out and about. And Gary's like the one that will, you know, be that extrovert itself. So having him there made it a little bit better too, because he had a, a relationship with the New London guys. He's from New London. So all of the people were high school friends anyway. And, you know, it, it was easier to have that chemistry. I knew everybody. I interviewed some of them already. Um, but I, they, they were like, yo, I appreciate you, but I, I didn't have that whole, like, I'm CT breakthrough. I didn't really feel like that yet. 
And so it was just a beautiful sight because it, you know, they ended the last one and we had like, I don't even know how many interviews up, but it was just so cool to go and be out there and have people be like, yo, what up CT breakthrough. And like, I actually met this guy, Jacob Epps, and he has a brand vintage snaps CT. And he was like, yo, bro, big fan. And he gave me his, uh, he gave me a t-shirt of his and I swear I wear that shirt like all the time and me and him are such great friends and it was just so cool to see that I finally got to be out like be outside the big thing is actually networking in the streets kissing babies and shaking hands mm-hmm. that's a fact that's a fact I've actually had I've, I've once no that's a lie it's been a few times actually I've been asked to come out and do like some interviews at a few showcases back in 2019 and I used to go to a lot of showcases, man. And I, I won't lie to you. Well, I don't work with any of those people anymore. So I hated it, man. I hated it just because I I didn't I didn't have an opportunity to actually build any sort of connection with the person I'm interviewing. So there was like I'm a, I'm a big energy guy. You know what I mean? Like the energy has to like the energy we give off each other is gonna flow through the conversation and flow through the listener into their mind. Like it's gonna give them you know a certain feeling, just like you said, cosmic nostalgia. So you know it's like um. It, we, I didn't get the opportunity. I didn't get the opportunity to actually, you know, build that connection, get that energy with these guys. And it, it was just, you know, it, 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 yeah, I hated it, man. I don't know if I would do it again. I mean, it is a way, like you said, to, you know, make those great, real great connections with these event coordinators and planners and managers, A&Rs and things of that nature. But, you know, as far as like doing the interviews, man, it's just, I don't know, it's not genuine. And I don't know stressful like luckily the at rich fest it was a, a lot of the guys were like i was walking around them anyway beforehand and they they were showing genuine love so like i at least had some but i, I feel that man we we like to have control being the interviewer and you know when you're put in a, an external situation you don't always have full control yeah and you're asking you're asking 15 people the same three questions yes. you <laughs> yes. It, it it blows but i i will say though you did a phenomenal job with the rich fest series i loved it the backdrop you meant like the backdrop was so fire dog like it you put that together visually stunning and i appreciated it and i'm pretty sure people do appreciate it go check it out right now go to his youtube ct breakthrough go to the playlist click rich fest 2019 scroll all the way to the bottom Click the first episode, start there, and then work your way up to the top. I promise you, you will not be disappointed, man. Seriously. Go do that. Well, after you finish listening to this. Uh, (laughs) I just want to point out that a lot of people were getting a lot drunker as the night went on. So um, there was one, I think it was, uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was almost like it wasn't an interview. It was just a comedy skit. (laughs) You know, I was just like, I'm gonna put this up because he had a fun time tonight. And like, you you could tell that people like one guy was like, hey, man, I was really drunk. Like, I can't wait to do another interview when I'm sober. And it's like, <laughs> I feel that. Uh, but yeah, it, hey, as long as the listeners loved it, that's all that matters. Where it's all about putting out great content, man. So I got to ask you, um, can you tell me about Jonathan's? I'm probably gonna say the last name wrong. Sousa? Sousa? Yeah. I, Sousa. I, 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 Jonathan Sousa and uh, Nathan Hansen. How did you 
build those relationships and you know how did they get on board with the ct breakthrough yo that's actually crazy so john and nathan and i think they and ali or ali as well she she was also an intern that joined um they just literally i tweeted out i was like hey i need some help i have some other members that have been like you know friends that definitely are conglomerates of the show and have helped me in times of need but not official like ct breakthrough like i am ct breakthrough uh i have some editors that help and blah 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 but um i tweeted out they hit me up uh jonathan was or i don't think he likes being called jonathan jay souza um he was he hit me up seemed very genuine and you know i took the chance i was just like you know you the first three people that hit me up I'm going to go for it. And they are great people. Um, Nathan, actually, he had to step back. He's doing just, he's working on his production. And what I'll say is he's a phenomenal producer. Uh, he, he was helping me out so much. And um, he's still probably going to help in the future. But, you know, I, I don't want to push anybody to do anything else. Um, we're, everybody's plate is, is full. So mm -hmm. I don't want to put any more food on their plate. Um, Ollie as well. I haven't gotten back to her, but Jonathan, he or Jay Souza, Jay Souza, he is really like the perfect person to have behind me because it, it's like he's now going to be helping with editing. So he's been posting all the Instagram stuff, and I was doing that a lot. So I'd go through the timeline. I'd be like, "Oh, new CT song. Let me throw it up on, on the story. Tag them so they can see that we're we're getting coverage." And, but I work nine to five in cybersecurity. So I, I, I work for CVS. And at, at that time, like, you know, it's, it's hard to be in meetings and then also on Instagram and like getting everybody's DMs. So I was like, John, can you help me out? And he was like, yeah, bro. So he's been doing that like crazy. And since I just uh, recorded episode 101 yesterday, uh, he's going to be editing that this weekend and we'll be getting it out before the next weekly CT call. So yeah, Jay Souza has just been a great help. I actually have not met any of them because uh, I think it was 2019 that I got them on board and I was finishing up my last semester. And so I was, I never got to link with them. And then obviously COVID happened. So, you know, in all honesty, I, I'm so excited. Jay Souza, if you're seeing this, I'm so excited to finally meet in person, but I, I'm appreciative of you for helping me along this journey. And also, there was so the two people that I wanted to bring up that started it with me, or at least helped me along the journey, Sean Woodcox and Tyler Legassi. Tyler's a great producer as well, but um, they they literally helped me from season one, two, three, all the way to seven. Um, they're, they're both doing their own personal stuff right now, but I just want to say they were a tremendous help. And SB Two Times was such a big help during my uh, senior year, junior year, when he was editing every video, because I was doing all the edits. I was doing Twitter, Instagram, interviews, everything. And I was like, I, I, I was going to have this straw on the camel's back. You know what I mean? And so SB Two Times really helped me out um, in that time. He, he's now doing his thing. And that's the thing. I try to like, inspire these people to go work on their personal brands because yeah, CT Breakthrough is like our thing, but it's like, I want you guys to, to go get your bag. You know what I mean? Word, word. I, I, I want you to kind of build on that because, you know, oftentimes people say, you know, people use the phrase, it, the, the, the people always refer to how important it is to have a strong team behind you, 
you know, people or individuals who are willing to step in when you just can't, when you're, when you have to worry about, all right, I got to keep up with Twitter, which is a whole nother beast. Because if you don't post a certain amount of times a day, then your numbers aren't going to go up. Your algorithm is going to be off. Same thing with Instagram. If you don't post at certain times a day and a certain amount of times on a weekly basis, your algorithm is going to be throw off. No one's ever going to see you. So, you know, how important was it to, kind of meet all these people along the journey to kind of help you get to where you are now oh it's it's imperative you know it it started with even just my roommate back in 2017 just having late night conversations where he would be like yo bro this is dope do you see what you're doing and just like freaking out about it and giving me that motivation so then when once it came to 2018 when I was living I think it was 2018 I was living with Tyler and Sean so every single day 24 7 our minds were consumed by the breakthrough and you know having people there to just like big you up and remind you because everybody gets in their head and everybody starts doubting it but and I've had those times where I've been like, hey, do I really want to keep going? And then I, I remind myself or I see somebody there like, yo, breakthrough's dope. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. And so having the team has been so important. One thing I do want to point out is I have been <sighs> I have been very stubborn when it comes to the algorithm. I've been so I care more about like if you're talking about me in the streets than if I have so-and-so followers. So I've been working against the algorithm all three years. I have literally posted at times that don't make sense. I literally tweet out randomly. I, I've just been like, so I know it's important and I preach it to other people. Don't get me wrong. And I, I tell myself I got to do it too, but you'll see my YouTube videos and I've put out a hundred videos, but probably most of them get 50 views. You know what I mean? And it's probably I could do better with that. But at the same time, it's like, everything's retrospective. Content is the most important thing. If I'm putting it out, I know for a fact, I'm going to be comfortable um, marketing those older 2019 interviews in 2022. And they're going to be good content anyway. It's not like, you know how like, if you're an artist, you have older music, you don't necessarily want to show showcase your older stuff because you think your newer stuff is better. Conversations are always going to be conversations. So I just think that um, eventually I, I'll work on my algorithms and all that. But I just want to point, point that out since you said that. Um, I definitely, my girlfriend, she just graduated um, and she's going to be helping me with the digital marketing and social media marketing. She actually had a class that that like talked about that. And there's this thing called Mimic Social, which literally um, is like a lab for social media. And you can go and pretend like you're on Twitter, blah, 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 and tweet out and see how the analytics and being like, okay, do the numbers, crunch it, and then see. So I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot to this. And so eventually she's going to be coming over and actually promoting a CT breakthrough like it should be. I, I know I have been slacking. All right, all right. See, that's that. Was, I, I, I'm right with you, man, because I that was me for the for what well, we started Lifecast podcast back in 2000, towards 2020 now, 2016. Yeah, for 2016. Godly. Yeah, we started back in 2016. And I like the social media. I'm not a big social media person. Um, 
I like as far as the farthest farthest I will go on social media is like Facebook or my personal Facebook. I like to post memes and funny shit and just laugh all day. You know what I mean? But as far as like engaging in an algorithm, it took me so I had to read so much material. I had to go. I took this. Um, I forget the name of the fucking university, uh, but it was an online university that offered uh, classes. And I took, I think, up to phase two classes on social media marketing and promotion and you know the how to properly word your posts and on Facebook it's better to ask questions as opposed to you know make statements because that's gonna show more on people's timelines and like I learned just so much random bullshit you know now I'm kind of more focused on the social media and the algorithms and I'm actually starting to see the success so you know it's tough though because I'm 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 only one me you know what I mean? And running two podcast platforms between uh, the Lifecast podcast and, and here. Luckily, I don't have to edit the Lifecast podcast. My brother, he takes care of that. But, you know, managing both the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also building show outlines. And it's it gets tough, man. It, get, it definitely gets tough. So, you know, having a good team, a good group of people behind you to really help you when you kind of when you when you might have dropped the can on the floor and you got an arm full of groceries, you know, just to pick that can up definitely is is a plus, man. So I'm 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 glad that you actually have that. Word. Hey, hey, I walked through it, man. Um all right, oh, man. I don't know where I want to go with this because I feel like the next two questions are more in-depth questions. So I'm actually before we get to the new new, let me go to a little back, right? So tell me about your experience going out and meeting new artists at shows, showcases, you know, various events. And you know, also you drop some vlogs. I feel I feel like there's like four episodes that I watched. Yeah, four episodes of your vlog. So talk about the vlog as well. And if you plan on bringing that back and you know uh the experience in meeting artists at showcases. Mm-hmm. I know you touched on it earlier as, you know, as an interview, as an interviewer, but more as say someone just going there to scout talent. Mm. Yeah. So what I'll say is that for some reason, I was so anxious to go to any event, even when somebody was like, yo, CT Breakthrough, can you pop out? Like there was something in me that was like stopping me from wanting to go. But there was a few that I did go like the Ridge Fest, um, I went to, I, I don't know if it was called Tune Fest, but I went and checked out Out of Tune. And that's where I found out about Nate Official and ACP Trig, who I just saw had a video drop a couple of days ago, fire. But, you know, it it's really important. And I'm going to do this a lot more going once we can open back up. Uh, I feel a lot more comfortable going out to open events and, like, actually networking myself. Um, but... I think it's so important because that's where the energy is really shown. You could really, really fuck with somebody and then you go to their show and energy just could be off. And I've never had that experience, but that is like something that you really got to look out for. And the same could be different. You could be like, I don't like that person, but then you go to their show and you talk to them after and you're like, oh, he's actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've definitely had both. I've, I've, been on both sides of the spectrum like i've been through i've been to like level one showcases compared to like level three showcases if you will and the difference in both atmospheres is level three obviously level three is that you have more artists who are more 
prepared and they're looking they're taking their craft a lot more seriously as opposed to the level one showcases where you might run into artists who come to the showcase late uh they have to get put to the back of the showcase because they're late or they're too drunk so they forget the words to their song so it's really just the song playing in the background and they're just kind of running around the stage and whatnot so it definitely is a mixed bag when it comes to these showcases but i will say you are 100 right the energy at these showcases oftentimes is what makes it worth going i go at the beginning you know i get the invite i pop in just to kind of say what's up you know see see my peoples who invited me just to let them know like it's love i definitely want to come show some support and i only may i may plan to only stay an hour or two and i end up packing up the fucking the the room with them the chairs and tables or whatever because you know the energy is so good people like the, a lot of the artists it's really like a lot of these artists really build like a family kind of relationship and to to witness it firsthand especially in the space that we're in it definitely kind of it it makes it a lot more worth it at the end of the day you know what i mean so i definitely would say do it but you know be cautious with 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 how you pro approach it because again there's a big difference in level three showcases and level one showcases man level one level three you need like press passes and shit level one you you kind of just like hey ten dollars get it get in at the door and you know hopefully you might catch some good talent and you know it's a good atmosphere but definitely suggest you do it man and i, I agree and uh, just to piggyback off of your second part of the question, I'm definitely thinking about doing the vlogs again. So it was, I think, 2018 that I started doing them. And around that time, I was obsessed with Adam 22 for obvious reasons. And I watched, I was obsessed with vlogging too. I'm a huge David Dobrik fan, but I was watching Adam. Hey. Bro, a huge David. Shout Dobrik. out to the Dobricks. That dude is, I love him too, man. I like him too. He's dope. I watched all 500 something episodes that he has. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan. But yeah, so I was watching Adam's vlogs and I was like, yo, this is like, this seems very obtainable. It's just he's doing it in the LA region. So it looks cooler. And then I was like, vlogging's awesome. I would love to do this, but I, I did it for one time. It was, nothing crazy. Then I did it again. I went and met with Trap Phone Fetty. And he, yo, he actually got me into my first bar underage because he was like, hey, he's my cameraman. And this is his girl. Let him in, let him in. Uh, so, you know, that was amazing because of the fact that Trap Phone took me in like a little brother and then made sure I was good all night and then went across the street and him, his two friends, and then my girlfriend, Erica, we just sat down and had dinner at her nice ass restaurant. And it was such a genuine connection. And that's what I want to keep having. Obviously, COVID kind of has pushed that back. But once shit opens back up, oh, I, I would love to just bring my camera to these events and, you know, have, have it be like, hey, Connecticut is cool. By the way, like, look at me, look at me, look at all this. Like, hey, you may not be fucking with it now, but just look how lit it is. Mm-hmm. Dope, man. I'm I'm excited to see the return of the vlogs. I love them. And, and you're right. They're like you like the experience that you get to have with these people and share with other people definitely brings about a, a great energy. You know what I mean? Not just for you again, but for the people who are who's watching the content, especially if it's genuine, you know, especially if it's with somebody who you genuinely care about, who you genuinely fuck with, man. Like, I actually, I, you know what? No, that's that's an off-air question. Um, 
Tell me about your experience on Clubhouse. Uh, you have a club called Connected CT Culture, uh, one of the first clubs on the, the Clubhouse app. For those who don't know what Clubhouse is, uh, by now you should know because it's, I think it should be like released to the public by the time season one releases, maybe not, who knows. Um, but talk about how that helped in building and developing meaningful connections and relationships and pushing the Connected Culture. Bro, it's everything. So I actually, I got on because shout out Rosecrans Vic. He's now a host on Mad Lately, which is a show on No Jumper. And he does a lot of stuff with Ramp and Craigie. So um, I was I was like a big fan of, of his with Rosecrans uh, Avenue, like his other stuff. So obviously, once he got a No Jumper show, I was like, so hype. So I made sure to tune in every Monday when they dropped. And out in LA, they were a little more hip to the scene than, you know, East Coast. So I heard them say Clubhouse. And I was like, okay, let me get on this. So I got on. I don't know how. I didn't need an invite. I just got on. I was like before the invites or something. I I, I guess. I don't know. Wow. But so what happened was I sat back. And for the first two weeks, I didn't go on. I didn't even think about it. Week three, I go on. So I didn't have that. I never had the chance to have the little uh, emoji saying, hey, I'm a new guy. So no one treated oh, me. Oh, the party hat. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, okay. Cut to, it was either October or November. I was sitting in these rooms and I watched as these like now daily moderators were learning how to moderate. And I was just sitting back. And then there was this one group, Super Gems great group of people. Uh, I shout out Lou Polanco. I think I might've said his name, right? Uh, he started this group and it is really just straight up gems after gems after gems. And so he had a, a WhatsApp and uh, group. And so I joined that and they were just giving out daily motivation for songwriters, for DJs, for art, everything. So I just kept joining the group and I watched as they built structure and they built the people that were coming back more and more. Give or take two months in, I was like, I think I'm ready. And I had already applied for a CT breakthrough um, club, but I was waiting and waiting and you needed to host a couple of rooms to get their attention to, you know, put yourself up to the top. So I hadn't done a room yet. And then uh, shout out my friend, Anthony. He just pings me in a room that says CT culture. And I'm like, oh, let me hop in this. I was gonna do one, but hell yeah. Went, went great. Obviously there's gonna be the whole budding heads that every single music room on Clubhouse does that is talking about a local scene. It is going to happen. But I was like, word, this is dope. And then I said, all right, I'm going to make it so every Thursday, we have a connecting Connecticut culture room, no matter what. And so the first couple of times I used it as a social experiment. The first room we got, we had a hundred people in that room and we had some big names and I was like, holy shit, this is actually happening. And there was still some, some things that happened that from a moderator standpoint, you're like, it's a headache. Um, you know, and over time I've been, I've been letting it kind of just roll out like a social experiment. Now I'm like, all right, We've all asked, what's next? What's next? What's next? I know the answer. It is to educate. So what I'm doing is each room moving forward is going to be an educational room. So starting next week, which will probably be a couple weeks back at that, 
uh, at the time that people are listening, we're going to be doing a call about CT producers. So they can ask the niche questions about FL Studio, about uh, any, you know, anything that they want to ask about, they can ask somebody in a higher position. And, you know, I think that is imperative to the growth of CT culture because, you know, if I noticed, and I'll give you an example, somebody hit, some artists hit me up and they were like trying to get to 93.7, right? And so I asked them, hey, you go through Michi? They said, oh, no, he didn't, he didn't like get back to me. I was like, all right, maybe you should reach out to some other local radio stations. And he was like, who do I go to? And, you know, at that point in my head, subconsciously, I said, why am I fucking dealing with this? But then the conscious person in me said, let's help them. And I sat down, I told them what to do, got them on Clubhouse, got them to write a 30 second intro just so they can always have a, a clear intro to who they are. And Mystery Girl Radio was doing a room saying, I want to play your music on the radio. Come show me your music, impregnate my ears. So I was like, bro, get in here, same day. Got in there, did his 30 second intro, said, here's my song. He, oh, let me, he stopped it at one minute, said, hey, I have another song, played it, stopped it at one minute, perfect note. Like, it was just so beautiful to see and all he needed was a little bit of guidance. So I'll actually uh, bring it up here. I'm working right now on Breakthrough Brothers and Sisters, which is gonna be a, a CT Creatives mentoring program that will have mentors and mentees so that the mentees have an OG and the OGs can have a kind of like a realization of what's happening in the you know younger scene, the Gen Z scene. Mm -hmm. That's dope, that's dope. Listen, anything you need from me to help make that uh, uh, a reality right now, right here, I'm telling you, I got you. You know what I mean? Um, I, 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 I want to be a part of that in any way that I could, even if it's just sharing it on social media, even if it's just, you know, comment, you go guys, whatever you need me to do, bro. I'm right there with you. I think that's a phenomenal idea. And you are a hundred percent right. Sitting in those rooms. It, oftentimes it always kind of starts off, a, you know, a little complaining, a little, you know, it's always repetitive. There's no unification amongst the artists. There's no, you know, it's not enough resources in the state. It's all the same conf. It's all the same okay. shit, you know, mm -hmm. and all it is, it's like, all right, cool. We know what the problem is, but no one's offering any real tangible solutions. Mm -hmm. So it's like, let's get some solutions out there. And I think that's the perfect solution because if we can educate these artists on how to properly build their Spotify artist profile, so oh, that bro, people like, dude, like so the simplest of things, it's like, cause you know how many artists I go through, like just to scour their page to see, right, let me see if I can invite them to come up on the show, do my research and I go there to Spotify and it's just four or five songs. There's no about me section. There's no past oh, shows. There's I nothing. I hate to know about me section. <laughs> and I'm just like, yo, like, do you know the amount of power that you have with this? Like Spotify gives so many tools to these artists to be successful. And like they're not utilizing them. And it's because like you said, they just aren't aware. They don't have the information to know how to actually properly use the tools that are being given to them. So, you know, with the fact that you're creating the platform, you're creating to give artists, you know, not just artists, but people who can actually help these people, you know, an opportunity to help. That's phenomenal, man. I definitely, I'm going to help push that as much as I possibly can, because that's what we need out here. We need some, we need some way to educate these people. 
Exactly. And think about it. You, me, Mr. Girl, we are people that can inspire the next generation of journalists. Mm -hmm. That's what's, we're the most, I, I, I don't want to say the most important. We are the internet, I, I hate saying gatekeeper, but we're the people that are like maneuvering in the background to end. Like if we can just get basically a, a what's it called? A promo run circuit where you basically go, all right, Big Artist X is releasing album Y on date Z. Okay, so we're going to get them on show A, show B, then show C, and then you're going to go to show D. We're going to actually bring you to podcasts, and then we're going to bring you across the different actual local radio stations and then end up at 93.7. All right. See, they, well, let me get his name because I don't want to butcher it. Um, so there is a, there is a gentleman by the name of Jonathan George. I was trying to get him for season one. He's out, he's based in California. Um, I was trying to get him for season one, but we, you know, conflicting schedules. We can hopefully get him for season two. Jonathan, if you're listening, we still want you, boy. We still want you, all right? Uh, we want you to teach our listeners to be rock stars, man. He has, uh, what he does, he works in artist development. And what he does, or what he has done, he's taken a, a young lady who had no social media following whatsoever, but she makes great music. Very talented young lady. I believe she she's like a, a, a folk, like a cross between like folk singing. Uh, Mumford and Sons would be the best comparison to like her style, her style of artistry, right? So they took her, no social media presence. She just is a phenomenal talent. Took her on a run of press, like a press run of podcasts and podcasts only. She hit, I think he said from the interview I watched, I think it was, they hit 50 podcasts, they hit 50 podcast uh, networks or shows in a two month span. And between all of those, after all, after all the, like the press kit, after all the press was done, three months later, they put, they put her music on Spotify. Her music was up there within three months of them completing their podcast, like tour 50,000 streams on pod on, on Spotify and growing just off Man. of going to podcasts, not going to like the major FM radio stations, not going to like your, your satellite radio stations, just going to podcasts. She's stream. She's averaging 50,000 loyal listeners. And I'm pretty sure now that number is growing to like, a hundred thousand a week you know what i mean but it's just like that just goes to show like to, to your point you know like i i harp on it so much and when i get it i go when i go into any one of these rooms as soon as i get the opportunity to talk because like you i'm more of a student of the game i listen as opposed to talking because you can learn more while your mouth is shut you know so exactly. like i i go into these rooms and when it's my turn to talk i i, I literally I, I, I spew the same shit over and over the podcast and the smaller media markets are where you're going to find your loyal fans, not the fans who hear you on the FM stations and they hear you in the background while they're talking to their wife about what happened at work today or whatever. The ones who are taking two out of two hours out of their lives, dedicating it to a podcast, building relationships with the host and actually trusting them enough to say, I'm going to invest more time into whatever product or whatever guest or whatever they may be selling on their show. They're going to go invest in that. I don't want to call us the gatekeepers. I hate using that word like you. Shout out to Seth Gooden. There's a 
great book he read uh he wrote called the purple cow if you haven't read it i suggest my listeners and you go read that it literally talks about how to set yourself apart from the crowd and the best way to do it is to get in to get in tune with the sneezers that's what he refers to what people who we are we're the one who we literally put like before it becomes big we get it there we're the ones who say all right we're going to test out this new software we're the testers baby the beta testers if you will you know what i mean so we're the ones who is going to say all right this is dope and now people are hearing oh what are they talking about over it perfect example clubhouse everyone's saying we love clubhouse i'm an advocate for clubhouse on facebook i tell people all the time how great it is because i managed to meet you personally on facebook i managed to meet paul porter who i interviewed earlier in in the season on, on on clubhouse you know uh, shout out to C Mayor. I uh, have the hustler, like just so many different people who I managed to meet just on Clubhouse from different parts of the country. You know what I mean? And it's all because sneezers, you know? So like I, I, I harp on people go to the smaller media market because that's where you're going to find the people who are genuinely, genuinely going to fucking support you, man. Like, I, I don't know how many times I could say, it. I could probably say it till I'm blue in the face. And if you really, and honestly, and again, this isn't about me, but you raised a good point and I, I, I'm passionate about this shit. Like, honestly, like if the, the peep token, Michi, Santos, Reg, G Money, Ruddy, Semi, all of these people go to other outlets, the smaller outlets to get a lot of their content. That's how they get put onto a lot of shit. They have to do what they're doing with the the Billboard 100. They have to meet their radio station uh, stations obligations to the Billboard. But at the end of the day, when they're trying to find out who's a hot new artist, they're going to the sneezes, the people who actually can tangibly touch you, not the motherfuckers over in Hot 97 in New York. No, no, no. They're reaching out to the Mystery Girl radios. You know what I'm saying? They're reaching out to the to the CT Zone FMs. You know what I'm saying? They're reaching out yeah. to the CT breakthroughs. They're reaching out to the uh the, to the to the uh, DJ QT over there at um Titanium Radio. You know, like they're reaching out to these platforms because those people are the ones with the fingers on the pulse of the street. But that's enough of me talking, man. I I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, no, it's it's a really good point. I wanted to get back on that the fact that micro influencers are so important and because like you said we got the real niche communities i would rather have a thousand real followers that are all ct related artists or creatives than have twenty thousand followers and only one thousand of them care mm-hmm. exactly it's so important man like i like i, I, I my, my my co-host mug and fortunate on the lifecast podcast hate when i say this shit but it's the honest to God truth, man. Fans are so fucking fickle. They're with you one minute, but the moment you do something that, you know, goes against their beliefs or goes against their way of thinking, they drop you in a heartbeat. It's the people who are loyal to you as an individual that's going to always support you no matter what. So focus on those people and let the motherfuckers who catch on five years why five years into your journey you know fall wherever they fall those fickle motherfuckers aren't going to do anything for you but the people who continuously show you support share your shit show up to your events donate to your causes when you need donations those are the people the loyal people you need to focus on and build around them because they're going to bring more loyal people 
You feel me? Exactly. Yeah, man. Great conversation. Oh, all right. Um, last part. Uh, this is the last of our talking points. Uh, this is right. a great conversation with you. Uh, so I just I gotta ask you, where do you envision the New England slash New London music market? In the next five years, uh, do you think our artists will ever get out of their way? Or do you even think that our artists are in their way, you know, furthermore? I think so. I'm going to start um, in a place like New London or just Connecticut in general. I think it's only going to grow. Like, think about 2020s is a whole new decade for us to write history. So if you if you go into other bubbling not even bubbling if you go to other state rooms on clubhouse not considering l or not considering cali new york or georgia or texas because of houston but like not considering the big rooms you'll see even i don't want to say maybe it was philly people are complaining how do we get on it's like everybody has this problem but i'll tell you one thing we got structure and Mm -hmm. we just keep riding with it we're golden so then uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. I was in a room with DJ Michi and there was another DJ. Um, he is, he is Joyner Lucas's tour DJ, but he's from Boston. And so he was telling Michi like, hey, like we're the big dogs in our area. Why don't we come together and start building this new England culture? Cause we got to realize that Providence is lit too. Yeah, yeah. So Shout out to Ace. Yo, facts, bro. So you got Prague, you got Boston and the rest of Mass, and obviously the rest of RI. You have all the cities in Connecticut, so Connecticut as a whole. And then you got these other, you know, we got Vermont, Maine, and New Hampshire. That a great point was brought up. I think it was Ian Matthew said he was like, yo, I people rep New England up there. They love New England. New England is their heart and soul let you know we just got done with a 20-year dynasty or whatever it's time to show them that we have another dynasty and it's in the entertainment industry so i think what it is is my goal is to be the ct ambassador the liaison to all the other new england um states and just basically be like whatever you need from ct i got you and basically to show them like yo we're actually popping over here look at what we're doing so then they kind of rub off that energy and they're like oh look what we're doing and we're like oh that's dope and the whole thing is like you don't realize that if you make a music industry in a niche society for us it could be new england and then put the magnifying glass on it that's how you blow it's not you don't put the magnifying glass on it when it's starting to to build you want to wait till you get the foundation so i think the next five ten years are really about growing this new england culture and making it where it's like hey there's a show in boston all right all the creatives in connecticut let's go up to boston tonight and let's show out oh there's a show in providence everybody from boston everybody from connecticut go there now like obviously if you can make it but like think about how dope like i think joiner lucas's like production team like is in new hampshire so there's Mm -hmm. all these untapped markets and it's like yeah, we can't fight, CT can't fight New York, uh, New York history alone when we're talking about hip hop culture. We can't. There's too much history that is forever going to put them at the top of hip hop culture. But New England, man, New England got some punches that we can pack together if we band together. So I don't think 
the smart thing like i was trying to build a new england culture like a room and i still am i was like going very gung-ho with it but then i was like i stepped back for a second i was like wait let's keep doing what we're doing in ct and show them show providence show boston show new hampshire show maine and vermont like look what we're doing let's do this together I love it, man. I love it. And I agree 100%. Honestly, the only way we're going to get it done is if we all band together. Connecticut is 0.0000000001% of the market. But New England, though, New England as a whole, we actually might might actually be a whole percentage. Although we a small... Fuck. Like, in all honesty, I, I hate... Like, I... I know people have animosity towards Tom Brady, but come on. For the past 20 years in sports, the one person that they call GOAT of the modern era is Tom Brady. Where did he play? New England. New England. In the Super Bowl almost every single year in the 10s? New England. What is, like, the big thing? New England. Where are we a part of? New England, bro. New England. We just, I'm not saying try to, like, ride that wave, but realize that there is history. Yo, what I'll say is that New England is cinematic as fuck. Sorry what? if I swear, but bro. Oh, I, you can curse here. Okay, bet. So I watched Mystic Pizza the other night, and then I watched, a, which is Mystic Connecticut, and then mm-hmm. I watched, um, my girlfriend was watching it. I can't remember, but it was, it was, a, it was a movie about, um, not Boston, but Massachusetts. Uh, and it's like, you're sitting there watching it, and obviously I'm like sitting and I'm like, oh yeah, that, that's like, that's my scenery. But like, you got to think about it from like somebody else like that hasn't been here being like oh look how beautiful that is that mystic pizza movie i was like yo mystic looks like a fucking like village mm-hmm. and i've been to mystic pizza i love their uh, i love their calamari fire um and and, and and to your point like you know we have so many actors who are from Connecticut to your point of Connecticut being cinematic like Lupita Nyong'o she's from fucking Connecticut I think she's from like central not 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 CCSU but she's like from central Connecticut you know what I mean like there's so many actors and actresses who are from Connecticut Blair Witch Project if I'm not mistaken was filmed or is based off of something that happened in Connecticut. Uh, that is it, Annabelle? Is it that doll? Yeah, the Haunting in Connecticut series. Yeah, Annabelle. And that- that's Connecticut. You know what I mean? Like Connecticut has so much rich history as far as like the movies go. But it's just for some reason there's no unification in the music side of things. And this, I, I honestly, I'm with you. In the next five years, I feel like connecticut we're starting to finally pull together and we're finally starting to see some structure and again no like i have my i no slights to 90.7 because shout out to santo shout out to semi shout out to ready i love those guys you know but um we don't we shouldn't rely so much on hot 93.7 just because they're in a position where they are obligated to do whatever the mother station or parent station tells them to do. They're, they can only do but so much for Connecticut, not even just Connecticut, but New England as a whole. We have to figure out how we can rise above those limitations that are put on them, you know, and 
mm-hmm. Clark literally just laid it out on the table there. I know we were in the room last night with, um, well, I'm saying last night like it was last night, but we were in the room together with G Money and uh, Hur- DJ Hurricane and a-, a few different people. And they were in the background, you know, texting each other on Instagram and they put together whatever plan they're putting together and they, you know, going to be rolling it out whenever they roll it out. But it's like these are those type of things that are happening now weren't happening before. So the fact that they're happening right now, we're starting to see that infrastructure. It's like it's only gonna take Connecticut to the top, and then we have such dope artists out here between like, yeah, man, between a six zero two zero three, uh, four one three. Like we have a, a ridiculous, right? Like we have a ridiculous amount of artists out here that are talented, super super creative, and they just don't even know it, you know. But and what a point that I want to bring up is just wait until it's cool to rep ct think about all these actors like there's no point for if i'm an actor and i'm like if i'm not from new york city los angeles or atlanta i'm probably not gonna be like hey i'm from idaho i rep idaho like mm-hmm. why the fuck would i say <laughs> so to them it's like why do i need to tell you i'm from ct there's it's not like yeah, I've been, uh, you know, in NYC my entire life. I, I, you know, I lived in the Bronx. You don't have that. So it's like, as soon as we make it cool, then it's like all these people are like, oh yeah, I'm from CT too. And you start realizing like, oh, we were lit this whole time. It's just, we weren't banded together. And what I want to say is that it's all about the 10 year plan. It ain't about the one year plan. So, hey, I'm, I've been thinking since the beginning, 2030s is what I'm trying to shoot for, for Connecticut culture. I'm really doing this. I'm building the foundation so that these younger creatives that aren't, aren't even here, that are in Zoom classes right now, you know what I mean? That they have the resources to then blossom into the artists that we want them to be. Because by the time that that, that point reaches, all these people that have been mentees in the program will then be mentors and be able mm-hmm. to pass that information on. And then it'll be self-sustaining. That's exactly. all Exactly. That's all we need. That's all we need. Yo, thank you so much for talking with me. I love the conversation we're having. We're definitely going to expand on this some more. Uh, Clark, yo, you are uh, you are well of knowledge and information, and I'm so glad to have connected with you. So thank you again for joining us on this conversational journey. Uh, but now it's time to get into the game, people. Oh, it's Clark's choice. Yes, people, it's Clark's choice. I have a few questions here. Um, I want to get into actually a lot of what's in Connecticut uh, because you're someone who pushes Connecticut's culture so, so much. So I'm gonna ask you a couple of this or that style questions uh, questions, and see what Clark's choice would be. Um, so I'm gonna take it back to your hometown, uh, Ledger. I think it's like Jerford, Gifford? not Gifford, uh, there's a, like, it's a, it's a G name and I, I should have wrote it down. I, I, I literally Gilford. thought I could, Guilford, not Guilford. Nope. I have it. You know, I have it in my, I have it in my search bar. Gail Ferry. There we go. Gail Ferry. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I got some, I got some, um, I got some, some, I got some questions, uh, regarding to Gail Ferry and village pizza or which is in Gail Ferry and or Blink Pizza, which is located in New Britain, Connecticut. Which one are you going with? Oh, I'm going with Village. I, I I would go there so much all the time. And and you know, my mom would be like, Hey, 
give me the credit card and then just run down and eat, whether it's a pizza, whether it's a sub, it's, it's a very homey environment and I love supporting local business. So, you know, it's very small and it's quaint. So when I walk in there, one of, uh, one of my neighbor's nieces was uh that was also like an old babysitter was the waitress there so every time i would come in she'd be like oh clarky how's it going so you know the going back to energy man yeah good energy that's what's up man i gotta check it out i gotta pop pop out to village pizza and and gail fairy now this is this one's a little this one's a little off you know key but connecticut is it's it's weird because we're in a, a small, not small, we're in a weird place as far as pizza goes. So if you go farther enough north, is it north? No, if you go further enough south, you will run into what's called a pizza. I don't know if you ever had a pizza before, a pizza. I've heard of it. I haven't had it yet. Okay. You haven't had it yet. Okay, you've heard it. Okay, so then this question is going to be uh, Ixnave because you had to have had it for me to ask you if oh, you okay. prefer a pizza or Napolitan pizza, which is another thing we're kind of Napolitan pizza, which is another pizza we're kind of famous for out here in, uh, in Connecticut. A pizza more we're more known for in the Waterbury, Naugatuck, uh, New Haven areas, which I, I feel like that's, I, I'm, I don't know my state. I don't know if that's north or that's south. I feel like that's south because you go south to, you go south to New York. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So well, I would say I do, was it Napoleano or I, I, I probably just fucking butchered that, but uh, I, I do love that. And that's what like Frank Pepe's is, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Frank Pepe's. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with that because that's just so good. Yeah, man, Frank Pepe. Oh, man, you know what? If you like Frank Pepe's, my cousin has been trying to get me to go to this spot out in uh in, in New Haven that they swear is 10 times better than Frank Pepe's. It's called Modern Pizza. Yo, everybody, all the locals say that. Even my, so my girlfriend's from North Haven and her family says that too. So I, I've, ha- I've had it before. It's so good. And, you know, it's so hard for me to decide which one I like more uh, because I, I'm a food connoisseur. So every time i eat food it's the food that i'm eating currently that i like the most <laughs> word, word. i like that hey all right um this one's closer to your musical side right uh vinyl or digital which one would you take first you know for ease of use obviously digital but i going back to the word connoisseur I love vinyls. I would sit down and I would sip on some tea and I would listen to an entire album on vinyl. Um, one of my favorite artists, Lil Peep, uh, when he passed away, uh, they they released um, the second uh, album, Come Over When You're Sober, part two. So I have that on vinyl, have not opened it at all, have just left that there. Got a vinyl player with a bunch of like older stuff that my parents listened to. But, you know, I... I'm also a big fan of like Jay Dilla. So I, you know, I'm a, a crate digger. I, mm. I do that out of just pure love for hip hop. So that's where I would be like, I would go vinyl just because it too much history to not choose that. Okay. Of course. Of course. I respect it. Oh man. Now it just popped into my head. What, what is your golden goose vinyl? What's the one, like, what's the one vinyl? Like, if you could get it, if you can get your hands on this, you, like, you pay any amount of money for it. Hmm. You know, 
That's a very good question. And I'm wondering if I want to go down a route of, of hip hop or go down a, a route of rock. So mm. you know, I'll split it. And I, it's, I don't know how exclusive it is, but one album that I used to just love to listen to, and I had the instrumental album playing every time I got out of work to freestyle on my drive back, uh, The Chronic, 2001. Um, huge, huge Dr. Dre fan. So I would say, you know, he's not my favorite rapper, and that's not my favorite album, but that is one that I would love to have on vinyl and just listen to it straight through. Um, for the rock scene, you know, um, I don't know how exclusive this is, but I would love to hear it just because I want to know what it sounds like coming out of a record player with the different pans that they use is um, Sergeant Peppers by the Beatles. Oh. I, the Beatles are a top three band of mine. I, I, some days they're my favorite, other days they're not. But Sergeant Peppers, for a mixer standpoint and from an engineer standpoint, it's just so crazy to see what they did in the 60s. So I think that was 60s, 60s, 70s, whatever. So, you know, back then. So I just think that it would be really cool to be able to sit down and just hear what like an and when i say record player i would want to hear it on like a, an actual old school record player not like one that plugs into an aux i would want to see like the real sounding shit because i think it was that one where they said um when the album released it was played at like three o'clock in the morning or something in the streets of i think it was la and you know the story may be wrong but that people were like hey is that new Beatles? And they're like, yeah, they just dropped an album. And literally people just went and blasted it out their window because obviously at that time, the Beatles were, were Jesus. <laughs> yeah, word. Hey, I like that, man. I like that a lot. Thank you for answering that question. Uh, Clutch Choice, IPA or lager? IPA. 100%. IPA. Before I was, I hated that happiness, but like I am going back to the word a connoisseur of good alcohol i hate alcohol but i will drink good alcohol so like i'm a big fan of um they actually have jameson cask mates and they have an ipa edition so uh. basically with the cask mates they go to local breweries you know in ireland and they're like hey you could just made an ipa out of that barrel can we steal that and put our um, whiskey in there and just let it soak in and have taken those IPA flavors. So I, I love that. And then, so IPAs, I think I'm, I'm even a fan of the double and triple IPAs. I mm -hmm. love that happiness. Weirdly enough, I don't like stouts though. So mm -hmm. I, I like the bitterness of the hops, but I don't like the same or a different bitterness that you get from stouts. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm a bear, some of a bear kind of, so I love IPAs um lagers are great a good stout is really good um steins are really good too i like the darker beers oddly enough like the bit the bitter the better for me i don't know why and i also do love i do love the fruitier stuff too like one of my more favorite ones that's in connecticut i think it's um i always get the name mixed up man 
it's in a, a green, pink, and blue can, and the lettering looks like the old double uh double dare letters, not double dare, um like old school Nickelodeon letters, like the the kids yeah. gat commercials. I think it's like super, super something. Um, but yeah, Headway IPA. I love Headway IPA. It's another one of my, you know, go-tos. Um, yeah, man, I I love IPAs, lagers, Guinness is another great one. Um, but yeah, enough about me. Yeah, it, I don't know if you can see it in the background, like when when man, listeners, sorry, I gotta show them this shit. Y'all, y'all just hold on for one second. <laughs> so when Budweiser first, well, my mic is in the way. When Mm, okay yeah when Budweiser first started doing the um when Budweiser first started doing the uh the 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 different batches the Budweiser Platinum and and shit like that me and my brother were actually one of like the first people to try the different batches and select you know which one they were gonna that's why I have this shit on my wall because I'm like, man, like this was something that me and him put work in for, man. Like they actually sent us cases. Like, that too. like not, not just a local beer company. That's Budweiser. That is that is top dog right there. Where so it was fucking fun too. And to I obviously we chose Bud Light Platinum. It was like that was the most exquisite. I don't drink it anymore. I don't drink uh uh Bud Light, but I don't drink like Bud Light, Budweiser and and cores and shit like that anymore. I stick to my IPAs. Yeah, you know, it, it used to be the whole like, all right, let's get a 30 rack just, and you would find the cheapest 30 rack mm-hmm. or not the cheapest, but you know, a relatively cheap 30 rack. Now I, I won't drink at all. So if I do drink, it's going to be that one IPA. Word, word. I, I remember even when I was younger, I don't know if you ever tried to get it, but we actually found uh, this was when I used to spend a lot of time in South Windsor. Uh, the uh, Paps Blue Ribbon, they used to have uh, in the 30 racks, they used to have one orange can and it would be like every I don't know how many 30 racks, but me and my, my then girlfriend at the time, she had all older brothers. So we would just in the basement, get drunk as fuck, go light the fire pit and try to run across for just do dumb shit in South Windsor. I'm not going to lie to you. And one of the things we would do was, you know, get 30 racks of past blue ribbon and try to find that orange can. And we found six of them. Uh, one night we had out of the six, one night we actually found two, which is like a crazy part that we had. And like, we were playing ride the bus down in the basement. There was a lot of extracurricular activities going on and I'm not going to talk about, but it was a phenomenal night. I bonded with her cousin from next door. We sang Adele. It was beautiful. Yeah, man. So uh, memories, memories. Yeah, man. The thing is, I will never, I would never want to get rid of those memories, even though I wouldn't do it again. No, what? They're legendary. For real, man. For real. Shout out to them. I haven't seen them in a while. I haven't seen them in a while. We got to, we got to link up. And this one, I I have to ask is because I was watching one of your interviews earlier uh, that you did. Um, and you mentioned these two albums. You were asking your guests about, you know, different vinyls that they own and their most coveted, you know, pieces. And you mentioned the importance of the Barter 6 and 2016 Forest Hill Drive. Um, I'm not going to get into the story because that's personal to you. Um, but which one you grabbing, Barter 6 or Forest Hill Drive? You know, 
that's that's a very very great question because you know like you heard in the interview those were the two projects that i had downloaded on my phone from new jersey to connecticut so or philadelphia new jersey yeah i was one, one of those philly philly yup mm-hmm. thank you see you i'm glad you did your research <laughs> <laughs> so i will say that 2014 four sales drive I know everybody makes the jokes about J. Cole fans. Ha ha ha. They they walk to work. <laughs> like I, I get it. Like I, and yes, I'm a huge J. Cole fan, but I just remember not really knowing like I heard workout and like his older stuff, but I just remember going in either my junior or senior year and talking with my one friend like at the beginning of the year and we were, he just showed me genius like just I was like whoa and then I saw 2014 Forest Hills Drive so I had I was already leading up to I listened to that and listened to that listened to that uh Barter 6 I was like at that time I just luckily downloaded it and I was a big fan of let me pull up I will say a few songs that definitely stand out to me because since I'm not picking it as um, I want to definitely point out the songs that I loved. I loved Can't Tell featuring T.I. and Boosie Badass. Uh, I love Check. We all love Check. Um, Numbers was dope. And, you know, even constantly hating with that, like, I'm a huge Duke fan. So when I heard Duke on here, it was, it was like the first time I heard of him. I love Southern rap. So it, it's funny because I'm such a big uh, New York um backpack rap head but then i would still dive into something like the barter six um but 2014 forest hills drive the reason why i would choose that is just because or not just because i went and listened to note to self and note to self is like it's a song and then it goes into an outro but like the entire time j cole is just saying yo, shout out this person, shout out this person. He gets to a point where he's like, yo, shout out Jonah Hill. And he, I think he said Dale Earnhardt Jr. Like I, that one time we were in the elevator and then he said, nah, I'm just fucking with y'all. I didn't even meet them too, but thank you for listening. And then he's like, mama, I love you. And you know, during the time when I had just, um, I had lost my bro. So it was like, life was very, I was seeing the two sides to it, the death and life. So just seeing somebody like, yo, mom, look at what I did. He's literally sitting on his roof of his mom's house that he went to and decided to go to New York. And he even apologized. I think it's on apparently he was like, mom, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I should have been there for you, but I was trying to chase my dreams. And just to know that at even such a young age in his career or young stage in his career, because he wasn't like OG when this dropped, this dropped and then he became OG. Mm -hmm. So to have that retrospection is imperative to an artist and their growth. So, you know, I will put 2014 Forest Hills Drive up there as a top five project for me. And it's, it's one of the only projects that I can listen to from the first song to the last song, like the soft songs and love the hard songs. You know, it actually, um, I'm weird. I, I have a, I'm not OCD, but like I, I have like OCD like tendencies. 
And so when I was going to my job over in um, Costello's Clam Shack in Knowing, every single time when I got on Pearl Street, I played um, A Tale of Two Cities. I don't know why. It wasn't my favorite song on the album, but I did it the first fucking time I went in and I kept doing that. So that just, there's so much that just holds a certain place in my heart. And to just last point on that, I saw it live. And, you know, I, I was still going to concerts at that point. To, it, was, it, was a summer, it was a summer concert at the Xfinity Center. Obviously, I was going there to party. And then also we had J. Cole there. But, you know, I, for the times that I was not drunk and conscious and looking up, I was like, yo, this is amazing. It just captivated me. And, you know, I think that's why I know it was a lengthy answer, answer but I think that's why I would pick Forest Hills Drives. That was the answer that I needed. That was the answer that our listeners needed. I'm pretty sure anybody listening to this point right now is about to turn this off at the end of this and go play J. Cole's Forest Hill Drive. I guarantee you, you put that together so eloquently. And thank you for sharing, you know, why it was so imp- important to you, both of these projects and why you chose, you know, J. Cole's project, you know, at the end of it. And yeah, man. Thank oh, you. One thing I wanted to say also, sorry for cutting you off. No, no, go ahead. My top top three song, maybe top two song ever for me, no role models. I didn't even bring that up. So that that right there would elevate it over any other album than probably the one that I think is my favorite song. But then I wouldn't even say the album. It would it's like this is like the most the album and song that I can confidently get behind when I say this is quality and I like it the most. Why? Appreciate you. Nah, that's definitely in um, it's in my top twenty. Definitely my top twenty. I got a lot of old like ninety shit in my top five, top ten. Not gonna lie to you. I'm a I'm an old man, man. Thirty one years old, so all that ninety shit is just like etching in my brain. Um. We're at the my we're we're at one of my more favorite parts of the show. It's called the social search, where I take a deep dive into your social media and I find a picture or a series of pictures with a caption that intrigued me and sparked my interest. So, on June seventh, two thousand and nineteen, there's a caption. There's a few photos taken of you at a brewery. Uh, you're going through the beer ch- brewery, checking out the equipment. I believe you were with your uncle at the time. Shout out to Unc. Oh. And you, the caption reads, educating my nephew, Clark Peterson, on the fine art of brewing. We did a tour and tasting at Epicure Brewing in downtown Norwich, where we work. There were 13, ber- there were 13 beers to try, so we tried them all in an hour of his belated 21st birthday. Had a special treat that they literally canned their first beers ever yesterday. So he went home with a sample, had the, 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 the numbers on the bottom of the cans and everything. So talk about that day, you know, uh, with your uncle, talk about the experience at the brewery. And also, was the beer good? Obviously, okay. I need to know. Yeah, and so it's, it's funny because I was going to bring this up when we started talking about the beer and I'm glad we didn't. So just some backstory. Um, 
back in 2015, 16, my uncle and I went to a UConn football game and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with school. And he's like, hey, do you know about cybersecurity? And I was like, no. So he told me, I think it was about the target attack. And he was like, yeah, yeah, cybersecurity is cool. And I grew up in a family, mom, dad, engineers, brother, engineer. Like I was on path to be an engineer and I didn't want to be. And so when I found cybersecurity, I was like, this is great. So my senior year of high school, I did a, uh, whatchamacallit, a senior project, and it led to an internship with my uncle over in Norwich. So I actually worked with my uncle for four years. I'm still working there part-time while I'm over at CVS, but um, it was right after work one day, and he was like, hey, man, it's Friday. You know, I, I want to take you out for your birthday. You want to go to Epicure? And it's just like a walk down the street for us from the office. So, you know, we, we actually drove just so we didn't have to walk, but, you know, we took the quick little drive, uh, right around the corner, got there, and he was like, "All right, let's let's get the what's it called the the flea? I don't know where they they just have all the beers lined up, and we we got a, a little bit of each. And while we're sitting there sipping them, uh, the guys were like, act like two guys right next to us were sipping beers, and they were like, "You guys want to see how we brew this?" And they were actually the brewers just on their break. And we were like, what? Yeah, of course. And there's one other lady that came with us. So we watched and they, they let us look in, see the whole process. And I thought it was so dope. And what I'll say is beers were good. Obviously, my taste palette is different than others. So I noticed there were some beers that my uncle liked that, that I didn't like. And all the beers I liked, he did like because he has a, a wider palate than me. Um, but like I said, I was going for the, the more IPA taste, but you know, it was so cool because we saw, we walked into the, the freezer and we saw, uh, all the beers literally just came there. Like, Hey, like we haven't even sent these out to the stores yet. And the guy just was like, here you go. And gave one each to us. And you know, that, that was just such a cool experience because Hey, that's, that's technically my 21st birthday thing. Cause I didn't. I hate going to clubs. I hate going to bars. I hate everything that, that is socialization without a purpose, without networking. I just, oh, uh, so I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'm going with my uncle. I, I don't have to like socialize with a bunch of 21 year olds that are also just trying to get really drunk. Like I can actually have a discourse. So, you know, all in all the, the, the day was just great. And I, I walked out a little buzzed and a little happy, you know. I, it was a great Friday night after work. That's what's up, man. Thank you for sharing that story with me, man. That's dope. That's dope. It brought me back, like, um, I, I, I had a chance. I was work. I worked a lot of odd jobs in my life, man. A lot of odd jobs in my life. I used to work at this place called Quail, um, which basically sold uh, printer paper and, you know, like office supplies and stuff like that. And I was, I, I did well, I was doing well. And I, I got the opportunity to go to their Philly office uh, for a week and a half or so. And while I was out there, we stopped at, we went to this brewery, me and my coworkers after work, long fucking day. Uh, we stopped at this brewery, went on the tour. They gave us like, I think for like $24, we can, um, we had, we got like eight tokens and we can try a, a, a pint of whatever different brews they had and i tried so many beers it was fun so i loved it it was a dope experience so it brought me back to that i hated the trip overall because i like you i'm somebody that well I'm, i won't say like you but i'm somebody that's i'm a homebody 
I prefer to be home and I prefer to be closer to my family because I feed off of their energies. It's weird. Um, so while I was out there, I just felt, you know, super depressed and down. And like, that was probably the one highlight of the entire trip All, on top of the first thing, went to the bar and played quarters for like two hours. And they just had, had me playing a bunch of different drinking games. But other than that, it was like, yeah, shitty trip, but those two experiences were phenomenal. So you brought me back to that. What I want to say, I don't know if you're an office fan, but it really, uh, it was funny. You said that you worked for a paper company and then you went to the Philly office and I don't know <laughs> the, uh, the office before, but uh, you know, they're, they're the paper company and then yeah. you job in the Philly office, obviously not Dunder Mifflin, but it just, I just thought that I was like, huh, that's funny. But yeah, the, I never made that connection before. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I've never made that connection before. So that's crazy. All right, man, it's the end of the show. I've kept you long enough. I think, honestly, this is the longest interview, uh, not interview. I was told by a guest after the show to stop referring to these as interviews because they're more conversations than interviews because I'm not really interviewing you. I'm just talking to you. Uh, so I'm thankful to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for sitting down and talking with me. You could have been any fucking else in the world, but you're here with me and I appreciate you. I'm grateful, so grateful, and I'm blessed. Thank you. I got to ask you to drop a gem before you leave. Of course, my listeners, you know, a lot of whom are either artists, up and coming artists, thinking about being artists or in the industry in some sort of fashion uh, form, fashion or form. Can you drop a gem for them just to kind of leave them with something that they can kind of think about and hopefully grow? Yes, of course. So um, I'm going to use two analogies, both related to gardening, kind of weird. The first one is the mindset that I used for the breakthrough. And I think I dropped this a little bit earlier. It's just the fact that every artist is a seed and it needs water. And, you know, some artists are, have already broken the soil. Other artists have their flowers out. And then some artists are still are seeds. So why are we blaming those artists who are seeds for not being flowers yet? We have to water them and help them bloom. So that's what I'm Another analogy that I want to use that ties into gardening is that everything you do is a, like a seed. You plant it, but let you know that some days you need to water your tulips and some days you need to water your daisies. So for me, those tulips could be interviews and those daisies could be me playing the bass. But just know you're always watering your garden. Thank you. Thank you for that, man. Thank you for that. Water your garden, people. Water your garden. Whether the flower is blossomed or if it's just the seed that's planted, water your garden and be tentative. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's the end of the show. You got 30 seconds. Get your rocks off. Promo what you want to promo. And whether it's something you just dropped, something you got planning to drop, uh, don't give away too many you know, trade secrets, but promo anything you want to promo right now, bro. It's 30 seconds. It's your time. Go ahead. Hey, well, first off, I want to say thank you to you. This has been an amazing first time just sitting down and being in the other side of the other seat. It's, it's really been amazing. You know, uh, I'm not one to, to like really big up myself. So what I will say is that 
I'm here for y'all. If you're from Connecticut, if you're from New England, I'm here to represent you. And if you feel like you don't have a voice, that's wrong, because you do. So thank you, bro. Word, word. Now, remember, people, go to Facebook.com. Type in CT Breakers. I'm sorry. <laughs> Another platform from way back in the day. I don't know why it's on my head, but literally CT Breakthrough, CT Breakers. When I, I, yeah. CT Breakthrough on Facebook. Go like that. CT Breakthrough on YouTube. Go like that. CT Breakthrough on Instagram. Go like that. CT Breakthrough on Twitter. Go like that. Run the numbers up. Watch the videos. Share the videos. Tell your friend. Connecticut is a well of phenomenal artists from rappers to singers to pianists to guitarists to saxophonists. Doesn't matter. Connecticut is a well of artistry. Tap into that well. It's full now, but it ain't going to be full forever. So understand. CT Breakthrough is where you're going to go find everything you need to find. Connecticut. You dig me? Fuck with my guy, Clark. Go follow him as well on Instagram, Clark D. Peterson. And yeah, man, fuck with my guy. Like, go do it right now. Like, right now. And we out of here. You know, it's your boy, King Hop. Peace. We're going to catch you guys on another episode. And uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, the Between the Rhymes show. Where we take a in-depth look. Between the rhymes, you know, real, raw, and relevant. Peace.